Hello and welcome to episode five of Badger Watch, where we are digesting the county championship via the fantasy cricket game at cricket11.com. Um, we're back as for this week, as Jeb, you have returned from your holiday in Corfu a little bit ill, mainly yeah. because you've dropped a place in the table to, to Hugh, I imagine. A wooden spoon experience I've not had before. Where did you go wrong? Sorry? Where did you go wrong? Uh, probably just chopping and changing some of the wrong... Well, actually, I had, a, um, I had to chop and change a little bit because of um, bias. Uh, and obviously, my bench was still being warmed up. So, uh, yeah, just generally didn't have a great week. I don't know why. I, I was better than I thought it was. Um, when I heard Howard score, because uh, I thought mine was just dreadful. Um, I leave it out. No, no, as in, in the end, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Um, yeah. 12 and 27 points, but Hugh just had a blast, and therefore... Yeah. Anyway. Hugh, you came in the, the 10th, so you're the top in the top 10 teams from round five on cricket11.com. Where did it go right for you? Where didn't it go right? I mean, it, was, it was brilliant. That said, I've been long overdue. Um, I've been I've been as out of form as Northampton's top order. Um, it was been it's been pretty terrible. I decided to, the last few weeks to make some big changes and get the players I want in, which was most of the players get leaving. Um, I told the whole world last week on the pod I was going to bring Dane Paterson in. He got um, rested, left out, didn't play. Um, so on the Thursday morning panic, um, I went like for like with big Luke Fletcher coming in yeah. the attack. Um, but I had 400 points from uh, Adam Life and Marne. Um, I had Wayne Madsen was my captain, so doubled up his 150 odd. Um, 100 plus scores for T Jordan Thompson, Finn Hudson Prentice, Luke Fletcher and Michael Nisa as well. So all in all, it was a good week for over 2000 points. Yeah, I think you're probably Ollie Robinson away from getting it all probably the biggest scorers, I reckon. Is that loud? Yeah, I'm not sure where I'd quite slide Ollie Robinson into. <laughs> Hugh picked up more from the Glamorgan Yorkshire game than my entire team managed this week, which was slightly galling. Yeah, how did that go, Howard? It didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were you done from? Obviously, there's a lot of rain delays and stuff. Were you done from them? I mean, I'd, I'd like to say I just I got very unlucky today, this week, um, but that wouldn't be true either. Popey didn't really fire. Well, they weren't playing at home. Were they? Eighty-five, but eighty-five only translated to 120 points, which seemed a bit harsh. And then only batted once. Uh, David Lloyd's been a big disappointment this year. Um, I favoured him for some early season wobblers. I thought he's always good for a few runs and then will probably pick up some wickets early season. But mm -hmm. bowling has cost him more points than he's earned in wickets uh, this year. Yeah. And he's got he got back-to-back -back ducks, um, second innings last game, first innings this game. So he's not gone well for me at all. Had him from the start. Uh, Lewis Gregory's captain was a saving grace and brought in Sean Abbott, uh, who also did okay. Daniel Worrell, I was looking forward to getting stuck into Essex, but he was rested, so that didn't help either. Oh. Um, but generally, it was a week to forget. Yeah, I, yeah, I had Pajara, which was lovely. 
And then my next best batter was Rishi Patel, with Duckett having an off off week in Milan also. Um, Gregory also for me. And then I had Porter and Connors were my two, t- Samuel Connors of Derbyshire were my two top bowlers. So it was okay. It was okay. Enough to keep me going, basically. How many points did Connors end up with? Because my fear about him is he's quite an attacking bowler and he goes at a bit of a lick sometimes. And with Andrew's... Uh, formula these days that can be quite expensive mm, he got, he went at 108 this week but only 49.25 last week I think or 49 last week um, so he's going okay um, I've got him and Crocken from Sussex who I'm sort of aiming to try and chop and change but that's to be seen so it was good it was fine actually is, is what it was it was fine um I was quite looking forward to Gregory, but then the rain sort of got in the way, didn't it, Howard, for us in terms of Lewis Gregory? He was good, but... A little bit, but he bowls too many no balls. It's so frustrating because he is not expressed by any means. He's not going to get extra wickets by pushing that front line and generating an extra one mile an hour between 80 and 81 miles an hour. And the number of no balls he bowls, which are very harshly penalised by Andrew, I might add, for... (laughs) Two runs as it is in the championship for an overall plus the penalty run, and Gregory's sending down about three extra overs a, an innings. So he's, I'm, I'm angry with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in terms of the round, I'm gonna. I, I looked at the results on the weekend, and I was like, oh, it's quite boring. There was only one genuine result, but actually, it wasn't that boring. Um, in terms there were some good of- draws, weren't there? There were some yeah. good draws. I think last week you said draws were terrible for counter cricket, but there were some good draws this week. I've got, actually, I'm going to go through each game. Well, I think it was the most exciting to the least exciting. We'll try and rattle through this as to not to bore too many people. But the only win, obviously, was Warwickshire won by an innings and 84 runs, with probably their star of the show being um, big Chris Rushworth there. They're signing. I'm going to liken this signing at the moment. It's a bit like Robin Van Persie going over to Man United in the twilight of his career. I thought you were going to say Erling Haaland, and I might have disagreed with that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, phenomenal. I mean, um, he picked up, what, 7 for 38, and Hampshire... In the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they got 97 all out. That was... Did anyone have Moa Bass this week? He got nine runs, but he got them on 48 balls. So I'm... Um, <laughs> a lot of runs for Moa Bass. That's <laughs> one of the few occasions he got more runs than wickets in a game. Exactly. Just, just to keep good order, he paired it with a duck in the first innings just to make sure he is still... at <laughs> Keeping that record up. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that's 10 for, for Rushworth. And we, we said it before, but Wokes, Rushworth, Hannon Dolby, Barnard... Um, it's a good bowling attack. And... I think we might have said in the first episode of this series that there were questions about Rushworth at his age. Could he still do it in Div 1, having played in Div 2 for the last few years? He proved us wrong. And uh, Warwick will look a pretty steady side of that attack. Yeah, they do. Absolutely. I mean, if they can... I mean, Hampshire's, Hampshire's bowling's very good, but has that... Has he shown some weaknesses in Hampshire's batting generally, or, or do we? Is that too early? Is that too harsh to say? They're too early to throw some shade at Hampshire's batting. Okay, Vince has performed very well this year, but he has. Um, that that top or that opening pair, how they haven't reinforced. I know you. Well, sorry, I say opening pair. Fletcher Middleton has come in as a youngster and done very well. I think he's he's yeah. showed some promise. 
Organ and Holland as it was last year. Holland down the order now. Um, Gubbins hasn't done a lot this year. I think got a few yeah. runs at Surrey, but um, they they need to strengthen. I think that the, for that seam attack, it's the batting that lets them down. Mm, absolutely. Right, so that's the most exciting game, I think. And then... Um, most Martin's... exciting in terms that there was a result. I would argue that some of the draws are a bit more exciting. Well, this is one. Nottinghamshire-Lancashire, would you argue that's more exciting? Yeah, it was a much more exciting finish. If, if anyone hasn't seen the last over, it's well worth a watch. Um, Tom Hartley, who we talked up last week's bowling it, and he gets out big Luke Fletcher off the, I think, the second ball of the over. And Ollie yes. Stone, with an injury, comes out to bat. And what was meant to be the last ball of the game, he oversteps and bowls a pretty rank long hop and has to bowl it again. It was, uh, it was a real drama. I was going to call you out there because you said that he bowled the second ball of the game and then Stone faced five balls. I was about to, I was about to call you out, but he bowled a no ball. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, second, second. Sorry, the last ball of the game, he bowled a no ball, and it was a rank long hop as well. Which, if you watch it, Stone does sort of quite well, almost to chop it on. I don't really know how he got it towards his back pad, but um, yeah, some, uh, some, a good finish there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good game because I don't know if there are any absolutely outstanding performers. I think in each game. Each sorry, in each team, each innings, everyone sort of chipped in, which was Balderson. nice. Um, Young George Balderson had a good game. He did. He actually scored very highly, generally, didn't he? He got a, what three for? He got some. Did he get some runs? Yeah, he, he did. Got three for in the first innings, ninety in the second innings with a bat, and then picked up another three bag in the second. So six in the game and ninety. Um, a good week for the young man, filling in for Jennings at the top of the order. That's not and Anderson not bowling. Uh, oh, no, so he did bowl, but not getting wickets in the first innings. So it's good effort from that line. He bowled twenty in the second innings. He did. They got, their, they got their money first. Set again, Howard. Build as Broad versus Anderson that game, and neither of them really hit the headlines. Well, Broad actually did for the sake that he faced fifty balls and only got three. So it's sort of the whole Nighthawk thing has come under the radar. I think, um, I think you're on you're underselling Anderson's performance. If you have a look at his second innings wickets, I think it's the ball he bowls Hutton with is an absolute gem. Um, I think Anderson's showing more early season form than Broad is to get excited about. Yeah, I think you're no, hundred percent. I think you're right there. I think where well, he's bowled twenty overs, three wickets for thirty-five runs. I mean, that's pretty decent, actually. Um, but it also wouldn't be the first time Broad pulls on an England shirt after having done very little for County and yeah. puts in a memorable performance. So a Test match animal, the Rugger boys might say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, fair enough. So that's the maybe most exciting game then. And then let's go on to the Badger Watch derby of Surrey-Essex. Um, talk to me about this game. Who got the better of who? Well, classic negative Surrey holding out for a draw, wasn't it? Watch <laughs> <laughs> that first hour on the last day, Hugh. Um, I think, I, I think it was a difficult, difficult, difficult pitch, I think, to score fluently on, I think. Sums chumps I think the weather the weather robbed us of a decent game there. Another fifty overs in that match would have made it. Um, I think we'd have had a result. I think Surrey, in the end, blocked out for the draw, having looked like going for the run chase, lost a few wickets, decided it wasn't on. 
um, and shut up shop. Uh, had Essex had a bit more time to set the game up and Surrey been able to not have to force such a result and lose early wickets in the second innings, I think Essex, uh, I will happily say, I think Essex were on top. I was I was worried about the prospect of Harmer twirling away on a fourth day pitch there. And I think Essex had the better of that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with um, that. Some, some concerns about Surrey's openers? Lack of return from Burns and Sibley playing every other game at the flattest ground in the country? They've played once, if that's what you mean, at, yep. at Surrey this year. Um, every other game. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Sibley's got a few runs. Burns will be worried. Uh, yes, say no more than that. And, uh, sorry, I was just going to say, Pope failing to make a big score away from home again. Yeah, you must have been pretty excited when he was on 47 um, of 58 balls. You must have been quite like, mm, I was on. nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was actually out and not following it on the last day. Um, but I thought I'd got wicket alerts set up for that game and I hadn't had one for Pope getting out. So I thought he was still in. I thought he'd... Uh, because I hadn't had a wicket alert for Popey. I thought he was probably on 100 by now. And then I got home and found out he was out for 40. <laughs> Again, a highlight for anyone to watch. He comes down the track to Doug Bracewell and plays him like he's facing a park spinner. He smashes him over his head for the most monstrous six. He's got absolutely no right to play that shot against the seamer who's played test cricket. It's, um, it's borderline braggadocio. It's outrageous. Um, the other one from the Surrey's point of view as well is Atkinson with six for in the first innings. What does he do generally? Is he a predominantly a bowler? Well, I think Hugh, yeah, he's a bowler. Hugh's a big fan of him. I think you saw him a couple of times last year, didn't you, Hugh? And he caught the eye. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him at the Oval last year. I think for. Uh, a day's cricket. I, I like him. I think he's big. He reminds me a bit of Mornay Morkel, not necessarily in action, but in sort of frame and the way he, he bowls a hard, heavy ball. Um, I think at some point we'll see him on an Ashes tour. I, I just would like to see him play a bit more cricket. I think Surrey have got so many options and in Worrell and Abbott and Roach, um, you're depriving Laws and Atkinson of, of the cricket they need to build up um, to really play, press for a Hey, so if I was Tom Laws, I'd be looking, or, or maybe even Atkinson himself, at, at moving somewhere elsewhere for their Champo cricket. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit over the top, but um, yeah, I think he looks a super prospect. Yeah, yeah. I've said before, it's not all summer. Roach and or Roach is off at the end of this month, I think. Abbott in July, so they should have a few more opportunities second half of the year. But if Surrey are in with a sniff of the title, are you telling me they're not going to bring in? X, Y, Z, Mitchell Stark after the Ashes or something just for a I've got Tom Latham signed, um, so he's won. Well, that might be the end of Burns' season then. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, A positive from that game was actually that Snaither had a few wickets. Um, Obviously, he's still... um, The team is still named after him. (laughs) He's long gone, but the team is still named after him. So I think he's uh, he's bouncing back after a poor start. It's a really Uh, good point. He, he might he might be able to, to 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 get back on my bench at some point. Have we all still got the players our teams are named after? No, I've never had one. But you've got Ben Rain. Surely you had Ben Rain when you came up never with Ben Rain. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life's a lie. <laughs> um, That's why he's now top you. 
Although I will point out, I'm pretty pleased I stuck with my named player. Yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute, actually. Um, but just on Chev's last point, it's a really good point, actually, because I actually do think, Hugh, you must think that your Essex bowling attack, you've actually got quite a nice battery of bowlers, haven't you? Um, generally. To the extent I was surprised they signed Bracewell when I think Tom Latham would have been the ideal pro Essex could have signed this year. Mm, interesting. Um, it feels like there are they're a top order batter light um, in the Lawrence and West, or Lawrence scored 100 in the first game, but Wesley's returns have been diminishing the last couple of years, um, and the the five spot has been um, a bit of an issue. Um, Critchley's had a good season, so sorry, maybe the sixth spot um, has been. Mm. A yeah, maybe your keepers are one too high with Harmer at seven as well. I'm just thinking about it, but yeah, potentially. Yeah. It's they're, they're going in with five bowlers to try and win games. I, I yeah. and having that extra seamer, um, I just don't know if you need that extra seamer when you've got arguably one of the top three spinners in the world. Yeah, fair enough. In, in this format, I'm not being trying to be hyperbolic there because his test match returns were were weak last year. <laughs> um, and next game that we're going to talk about is Yorkshire Glamorgan. That is. I thought that was pretty. I think that's a pretty exciting game generally, but it being a draw, although um, I think the star there was the good live, wasn't it? Hugh, big points there, 174. Match saving 100, but you've got to look at that Yorkshire batting lineup with an international in Shaquille, uh, the very experienced Milan, Johnny Bairstow, Adam Live. Um, there's some big names there, and. Uh, in that first innings, they've really not set the game up. Michael Nees has bowled well, but you're really a batting lineup with that much experience and runs shouldn't be being bowled out for 100 on the first day or second day. No, absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at the two games we're just talking about now, Bairstow versus Folks, I don't think we've really found out much more about either of them at the moment. If you're going to build that as a little bit of a challenge for Johnny Bairstow coming back. I mean, it was all about Johnny Bairstow and coming back and he kept pretty well, I think, looking at the highlights. Um, but he did get his get a naught in the second innings when that sort of... His his sort of situation to come in and try and win, isn't it? But Labashane got his name right first time this week. Um, he 170 and 60. I mean, that's pretty imperious form running into the Ashes summer. And he did it at a fair lick. He started slowly, but as the game was needed to be set up um, with the weather around, they declared at tea on the third day and, and he really put his foot down. So uh, ominous signs for England's bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. But I think Yorkshire were down a bowler. Did Ben Code get injured in the first innings? I think he might. Yeah, he looks like he did. 9.5 over. I have to say, he's in my team. Summed my team up, Ben, ben Code. I very nearly made him captain, which I would have been delighted with after he dismissed both uh, Glamorgan openers for a duck on the first morning. Uh, pulled up quickly afterwards. The only only action he had in the game after that was to come out um, to try and help Johnny Bairstow add a few runs as the last man. And Johnny Bairstow ran him out. Um, trying to hold the strike so he got a minus 20 for a duck there and couldn't bowl again I did wonder why Code looked like he ran so slowly for that signal and then I've re just realised now he was injured because he, he on ran one leg so painfully slowly using his back the other leg I think so is that a forced transfer for you this week Mr Knights? it will be yeah he's He's out. Um, we'll come on and, to that, I think. And you'll have... I was going to say from that game, Sam Northeast, 
49 in the first innings mm. and 66 in the second. And in getting over 50, that was the first time he'd got a half century since his 400. I don't remember Brian Lara having such an issue. <laughs> <laughs> um, quickly, next game, last two games, Somerset and Northampton. Um, I think the rain pretty much affected that with Somerset getting... I know North, well, they, Northampton, two five five first innings, wicket shared amongst everyone, and then Somerset putting on a massive four twelve. Um, Tola Cadmore would be happy with a hundred there. Um, Did you see how he went to his hundred? No, I think I'm right in saying he he went uh, overnight. I think he was maybe ninety five not out. And yeah, that's right. The first ball he faced the following morning, he hit straight back over the bowler's head for six to go to his hundred. It might have been the second. I'm not sure. It was very early on. But yeah, yeah, yeah that is saying Ben Stokes, come and pick me. Yeah. I think he's the type of player, isn't he, that they'd like Cody Cadmore. If he can string some runs together, I think he's he's looking at a winter tour, maybe. Yeah. More Another, James Rue, very promising young cricketer. Yeah. yeah. Just adds to our glut of wicket keepers. If I was if I was James Rue, I'd be finding some South African heritage and be popping down popping down on the next flight to Cape Town and do the reverse Peterson. It's the only chance you're going to get a game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or ditch the keeping and move up the order. I've also got to apologise to the listeners, um, having massively tipped Lance Morris last week to play for Northampton, only to find out about a half an hour after the podcast that he's got a stress fracture uh, and hasn't made it to the UK. So Jordan Buckingham replaced him. So uh, apologies if anyone didn't check the sides on Thursday morning and went long on Jordan Morris. Uh, Jordan <laughs> Morris, that's the cross between them two. Lance Morris, great name though. Um, uh, very good. Not, uh, North fans only found out marginally before you that he had a stress fracture as well, Q, then that he had no symptoms, didn't feel any pain and they did a medical and said, oh, Something looks a little bit wrong there, and put him out. Oh dear, I didn't know that. It, it, as a highlight from that game, though, and I'd implore anyone to use the live.nvplay.com mm. uh, website just to get all these snippets. But um, Craig Overton's catch on the last day at leg slip round the corner off Jack Leach is sensational. It looks like he's caught a pee between his finger and thumb. It's tremendous. He's going yeah. the wrong way and just sticks out a hand and plucks it. Lovely catch. I think it is a really good point because I think um, England will be quite happy with Leach's three wickets, clearing up the tail, et cetera, et cetera, won't they, in that game? Bit of form, albeit against a weaker side in um, Division One. But I, th- I think the best thing is he got 32 overs under his belt yeah, in, exactly. in, in the second innings in, in, in May. I think that's... Um, I think that's that's really encouraging. He obviously cleared up the tail in the first innings for three for, but second innings involved thirty-two overs. And from the few highlights I saw, I appreciate not much. He did look to be in some quite nice rhythm. There's a bit of assistance in the deck at Taunton, so mm, yeah, lovely to see. Um, and the last game, if we move on, was um, Worcestershire Sussex, which again I think was pretty rain affected, but the form of Robinson getting set fourteen wickets in the um, in the game was pretty good for England, um, and I mean I think probably think that was so rain affected it was a bit sort of like went under the radar a little bit but we built it up didn't we to be sort of Steve Smith he got thirty lbw's tongue I'm guessing we all saw the replay 
Oh, the umpire's done his duty, hasn't he? <laughs> Try England, Harry and St George once more, boys. We've got him. What a lovely <laughs> bit of work that is. The umpires are in on it. That's who doesn't matter who he plays for before the Ashes because if it hits him on the pads, it's out. It's Steve Smith, so it's out. <laughs> do you think? Um, do you think that's out of DRS? I think he's definitely reviewing it. I think it's quite close, but the thing with Steve Smith it's is it's it looks close. I don't think. I don't think we need to dwell on it. <laughs> Out. Out. Have a look at the umpire's chest cam again, Steve. Unlucky mate. Um, <laughs> but on a, on a serious fantasy cricket point, we've got a couple of Pujara owners. With Smith and Pujara, the Sussex for the next two games will only bat once. Mm, that's true. There is absolutely no way you're batting twice. So do you get full value by having Puj and, and Smithy in the next few weeks? Well, Puj is scoring 100 a game at the moment, so I'd argue, yes, you do. Mm. If you captain him and he scores 100 a game, then obviously you're a quid's in. But then also would say my tip for the week, load up on Steve Smith if you've got the transfers to do it. I watched 20 minutes in a very slow-moving day at work of the two of them batting together and it looked like he was having a net with bowlers on the dog stick. I don't. It baffles me how he actually got out in the end. He looked so at ease. We all got plenty of uh, trades left, Hugh. I, I don't. Jeff, get in. <laughs> I think it's a really good point, actually, Hugh, because I always think about Steve Smith, and then you get him out. When he gets out, you're like, well, that was simple. Like, he always looks amazing. <laughs> Hit him simple. on the pads. <laughs> yeah. Just misses one on his pads. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's the sort of summary of... You've missed the game, Spin. Have I? Oh, Derbyshire who I think it's only worth mentioning, was it Derby Leicester, for yeah. one that slipped under the Badger radar? Yeah, well done. Sorry, everyone. Um, Sorry to both of our Leicestershire listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Can you sum that one up? I can't. It's so confusing. Oh, well, I was, I was first going for the, the transfer that slipped under the radar, which was Henry Brooks. Henry Brooks, to Derby, loan. Uh, who returned six for 20 in the first innings. And will, I think, be quite cheap in the game. So if anyone if anyone picked him up, then bravo. And Hugh, I think, was first onto the shenanigans at the end, so he can explain that. Well, I still don't think it's essentially that clear. But from what I can tell is when there's an innings over and there's an amount of overs left in a day, yeah. you lose a number of overs. And Derby were 50 behind Leicester, in the during the end of the third innings and we're looking to take that last wicket I think it was right and another hung on for a while and wound the clock down um, so that they couldn't bowl them out and then have a bat so it was thought at the time that Derbyshire had three overs at the end of that innings to get 54 which is not beyond the realms of man mm. uh, but it then it turned out they only had one and therefore couldn't get the 54 mathematically, so the umpires called it a draw. But apparently there was these farcical scenes where Paul Nixon, the Leicestershire coach, was phoning the ECB to try and get hold of the laws and regulations with about an hour left in the day to find out how long was left. So I, I don't think it's fully been explained, but effectively the game ended in a draw. Mickey Arthur, not a happy bunny, um, 
egg on the face of umpires. Uh, and Peter Such, the match referee, um, not perhaps covering himself in glory for communicating what's going on to both sides. So, so, so the, the the biggest thing there was that, like, if Wright and and the others hadn't hung on for quite a while, then it could have been really quite interesting. But as they did hang on, it wasn't. It sort of ended okay. They needed fifty off one over or something, didn't they? Yeah, but but it had, had it been bowled out two overs before, they still would have had that three over. They would have thought they had five overs, but in fact, they only had three, which would have still been possible. <laughs> but anyway, back to the first point. Henry Brooks, 55,000 shekels in the game. So get him in your teams. He's with Darvish's start. He's going to be doing some bowling, I think. Absolutely. Do you know how long he's there for, Hugh? Uh, until the end of May, till the blast. Okay. He'll play in the Warwickshire team for the blast, I imagine. Okay. So he's only there for one or two more games. Uh, confusingly, there is also an Ethan Brooks, not sure in relation, at Warwickshire, who's worth 25000 also a bowler. Uh, haven't, hasn't bowled a ball in anger for the first team yet, so um, make sure you don't pick him. Or Jack Brooks. Or Jack Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he not playing in June, then? Or Shamari Brooks. um just quietly is is, um chris wright starts the season continues um 49 in that game and um who knew he could bat though i I thought he was genuine number 11 material but seems to have found a bit of ability yeah maybe he's leicestershire's nighthawk he's throwing confidence into the wind <laughs> very good um, now on this I mean it's probably a nice sort of wrap up isn't it really to think about we've had a few games now five rounds I mean Howard you've got a few stats for us haven't you that are you going to ask us a few questions and then we can try and have a little guess I was going to pose the badges a few questions um, all based on Andrew's cricket11.com page so what we're going to look at is the most selected players within the teams and those that have gone up and down in value the most since the start of the year. So I think we'll start with the most selected players. And what's quite nice, I think, is that unlike your fantasy Premier League, where 80% will have Erling Haaland and will captain him every week, mm. uh, no, there's no one or two players that dominate the league. So no, no player is in more than 25% of teams, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, anyone want to have a few shouts and names out as guesses as who the most selected players are because I don't think you will get the most selected player. Yeah, you Robinson. Uh, Moa Bass. Moa Bass is second is in 24% of teams. I think he started out with something like 21%. So he's actually, he was in most people's teams early on. Yeah, I think this list is a combination of your your stalwarts, your class acts, and what I would call the one innings wonders who have had a good game early season and are quite cheap, and everyone has piled into. So Moa Bash, you'd put in the in the class acts category there. Uh, Ollie Robinson, surprisingly, is not in the but top ten. The clue you've just given us then suggests Cameron Steele is in there. Uh, no, no. Also, I, I would say um, Finley. Finlay Bean, sorry. Good, good shout, Chev. In at seven, Finlay Bean of Yorkshire, young opener, very cheap, 30-odd thousand to start the game at. Can we just clarify the Ollie Robinson that we were, were talking about there? Uh, well, both are not in the top ten, but it's the right. keeper, I think, that Hugh mentioned. Yeah, quite right. Jamie Porter? No. Wayne Madsen, tail very own Wayne Madsen? No. Jar. 
Pajara, well done. This isn't a one-man show. Marcel's smashing it. Pajara in the I probably made the most trades as well, so I normally look at. Before he's been revising. Not at, not at the ones that are most owned by other teams, but I normally just look at obviously rankings of what they're doing on average every uh, over season every week. Tom Price. Oh, I'm about to say that. Uh, no. What? No, not in there. I think a lot of people took him out this week, so they weren't playing, which um, will have affected matters. He's not a million miles away. He's in about 15th. Right. Although, one more guess. One more guess from someone. Um, pretty much all of them are in some of our teams. So I'll go from number... So 10 is Ollie Pope. Yeah. At nine is Matthew Waite of Worcestershire. And I think he's your classic one innings wonder. I think he got a big hundred first game and hasn't done a lot since. <laughs> uh, in 17% of teams, those two. Tim van der Guten had a good year, in fairness. Uh then Finley Bean, Lewis Gregory of Somerset in a six level with Sam Hain, both on 19% of teams. Oh, I've got Austin. Ben's favourite pronunciation, Zach Chappelle, also oh. known as Zach Chappell, is in 22% of teams. So he's the fourth most selected player. And you've got Pujara Abbas. And the most selected player in the game is young Rihan Ahmed of Leicestershire. <laughs> really? He is. Is he that cheap or he's not particularly cheap? Um I think all rounders, there's there's probably a bit of a, a dearth of all rounders this year. Um they're all quite average, so in terms of scoring. Ahmed sixty two thousand uh and is in twenty five percent of teams. Classed as a bowler or an all rounder? Uh all rounder. Interesting. Is there a school of thought that says to move up the leagues, these are players to be avoiding? Because most other people have them. Well, it depends whether they're going to do well in future. You wouldn't say 80% of people have Erling Haaland in the fancy Premier League, therefore you need to avoid him. But you're sort of buying the market, aren't you, in investing terms? Like people, are looking, you know, people are looking to us for outperformance. People want, want the info that's going to help them beat their mates in their league. <laughs> we need to go away from what everyone else is doing and we need to give them quality insight Okay, then. So moving with that in mind, let's move on to who has lost the most value this year and yeah. who might this be a contrarian buying opportunity for you? Ooh. Yeah. Is it, is it percentage-wise or... No, I'm going, I'm going in pure money. That's the way you talk, isn't it, Chef? Pure money terms. So most biggest value loss in, in absolute terms. For those who don't play cricket11.com, if a player does very well or very badly then their price fluctuates. So you have to play a little bit of a money ball game as well. So I think Simon Harmer would have dropped quite a bit after game three. He has. He's, he's not top four. 10. I think he might be 11th or 12th, though. He's, he's lost £9,800, which yeah, with an got... average of 132 points a game seems quite harsh. But yeah. <laughs> very high starting point. He was, he was extremely high starting he was, price. He was too expensive to begin with. And I think he's probably recovered a little bit of ground in the last two rounds. So staying with Essex and someone you've mentioned already, Marcel, who might be second? Oh, Snader. Jane Snader. <laughs> biggest value decrease, $15,000. I reckon the Knight of the Realm might have lost a few, speaking of Essex. Uh, he has. He's also not at the top, but top 20, not top 10. How about Critchley? No, he's had a good year. 
He's already lost my. He's already gone out and gone from my team. That doesn't mean he did badly, Jeff. Probably been weeks since he got 150. This is my tip. My tip after this round, in terms of, I think they've lost a lot of value, but I think they're going to shoot back up. I think Northeast. So Northeast is in there. Yeah, number six, twelve thousand eight hundred pounds. He's lost so ninety-one down to seventy-eight. Tell you one who. I took a pasting on financially and let go. Zafa Gohar. Uh, also up there, but not top 10. Uh, he has lost $7,000. So I wouldn't expect many of these to be guessed because they're not uh, names we talk about a lot. But it's worth mentioning Northeast of these top 10, Northeast is the most selected and he's in only in 5% of teams. So people like Marcel are very fickle with their underperformers and like to chop and change. Um, so the Middlesex and the Somerset top order feature with Ooh, Sean yeah. Dixon top of the pile down £16,000. He's averaged seven points a game from his four games. And probably about seven runs in innings, isn't he? Uh, he got so his total points is twenty nine, and twenty one of those came in the last game. How uh, much was he on in the first phase? Good question. He was on eighty four thousand, sorry seventy four thousand, and he's now fifty seven nine hundred. Right. Not surprised. Later in second, uh, Liam Later. Dawson, who had a decent season last year, is in third, uh, yeah. averaging thirty two points a game. He's lost thirteen thousand. Uh, Alley at Derbyshire in fourth, Dane Villas, Sam Northeast, and then the Middlesex ones we mentioned, Peter Milan and Sam Robson are in there. The other one at Somerset is Cameron Bancroft, who has now uh, completed his his contracted four games and leaves Somerset having delivered an average 46 points per game. So thanks very much to you, Cameron. And Vian Mulder completes the top 10. I think he picked up a five for this week, but had done precious little before. But Mulder's on the back of some good form at the end of last year. His price would have shot up this year, mm. but actually before that, his track record was pretty bad. Yeah, he was part of that huge partnership, wasn't he? With yeah. Yeah. He was expensive to start with at $88,000. So if you were to tip a few listeners on maybe who to pick out of that list. This is the high quality insight we've got to offer. Yeah. I would go Haida Ali at Derbyshire. Nice. Uh, yeah. got, got a few runs this week. Perhaps struggled early season to come to terms with the conditions. Might have just found a found a little bit of something. So uh, out of those, I would go with him. Nice. I like that. Very good. You heard it here first. And shall we shall we quickly touch on those who have increased in value the most? Why not? Now, Spen, this is, this is a uh, homage to your side, really, because I think... Of the top 10 or 11, I think maybe five of them were in your starting squad. Mm. And if not, you brought them in very early. Okay. Um, who'd like to go for some guesses first? Rishi Patel. Number one, top of the pile. Now in 15% of teams, he is worth 57, having started at 40. So an increase who's, 17. Who's the lad at Leicestershire? He scored all those runs. who's come from nowhere. Lewis Hill. Lewis Hill. Seven. He's on there, yeah. Up 14,000. So that's the Leicester contingent done. Chris Wright is also, I think he might be in 11. I reckon Ollie Robinson's gone up a few. The keeper, I thought he was undervalued to start with. Correct. He is in eight, gone up 12,300. Tom Price, he must have gone up a bit. Yes. Yeah, number 10, up 11,900. Well, I'm on fire here. 
And who else have we got? A couple of all-rounders. Um, a couple we've captained, Spen. Gregory? Gregory. Lewis Gregory's third, yeah. And Is he really? God, he must have been good value starting out. He was. I, I was very he's... surprised. Uh, he, was, he was pretty poor last year, wasn't he? He had a bad year. He's gone up 15, so he's now 91. Ryan Higgins, um, leading point scorer in the game, yeah. uh, has gone up 14,300. He's very expensive now, $105,000. Yeah. Probably back up to what he was last year as well. Hmm. Yeah. Ryan Higgins, That's I would personally say that's quite surprising that he's the most point, the biggest point scorer, but I, maybe it's not. I just Maybe that's bad of me to say. But well, He's been, digging he's been very steady, hasn't he? He hasn't had the one eye-catcher. He's not got 100. I don't think he's got a fifer, but he's been wicked. Okay. If, you get, if you get 50 in each innings like he was getting... Not much more than that, and five or six in a game at tight economy rates is two hundred points a game, isn't it? Yeah. As an all rounder, you don't really need to oh, Sorry, Howard. As an all rounder, you don't really have to do an awful lot to be in that top three because they're not on average. They're not scoring big points uh, in as an all rounder this year, anyway. Yeah, it's a good point. I think the big one, I reckon, if, if people want to sub some people in, Lewis Reese. I think he's back, isn't he? He's yeah, doing good spot. I'll tell you who else is back as well. Big Sean. When when does he? When's his first game? I assume he plays this week because he's been um, making videos for Yorkshire and saying hello to the fans. So he's is in the worth, country. Is it he's worth reminding everyone what you said before he started Derbyshire? Well, yeah, I'll say the same again. I don't think he can cut it in English conditions. <laughs> he's very, very susceptible to the moving ball. He's never played Div 2 before. Well, he has. He played last year. Um, he's hoping to go to Div 1, wasn't he? As <laughs> he someone who that. took a contrarian position to you on Mr. Masood, I was, uh, I was quite smug last year when he kept racking up 100 after 100. Will you be bringing him in? That's the question. I don't think I've got the transfers. There's no there's no bye weeks this week, so I was trying to to go for a no-change week. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good bit of insight, that. Why would you do that to you? Because I've used all my transfers. You always want to, you always want to change one player. <laughs> right, I think that covers that segment. So shall we have a look at transfers? Yeah, good point, Howard. Let's go. I'm going to go first with everyone. I don't think I am going to make a transfer. And if I do, it's going to be Connors or Crocombe. Um, and Tom Price is going to get another go this week. Um, so I'm subbing out Pepper as well in my keeper and bringing in Ollie Robinson. So that's me for the transfers, I think. I'm going to just do some subbing rather than trading. Chef, go on. Who are you? Well, I think, well, I'm definitely going to make some subs because last week I just had to fit up the team, basically. So uh, the one bench player I had that I hadn't really got around to changing yet was um, a bowler called Josh Hull from Leicester. Um, he was just 20 grand, so he was just cheap, and that's why I got him in. He got me minus 30. But he actually played this week, which is also a surprise, but he got me minus 39 points. And dropped in value to seventeen thousand four hundred, which is not helpful <laughs> if you want to have a, a cheap player on the bench. Um, so I'm not sure. So he's definitely going to be benched, but I'd rather get him out of the team. Really, mm-hmm. um, I don't think you probably, can bring anyone in for that kind of money, can you? Not for that money. I've got money in the bank, though, Hugh. So not to worry about that bit. Never the um, but yeah, so I think he's going to be dropped to the bench. Uh, Tom Price comes in. Ollie Robertson is coming back in for Pepper. And um, probably keeping. I'm just 
wondering whether I should drop Oli Pope for Bajara. You can't drop Oli Pope when he's coming home, Chip. You you give him the armband and you say, it's Pope we trust. Yeah, I think that's a one. That's a one sub. So so if if I'm talking about make one trade of each, you, you know, this is a big one. I'm thinking about Pope uh, leaving the team. Wow. That is absolute madness. I almost I almost caught myself dropping an F-bomb in there as well. That is insanity. <laughs> Utter insanity. Ollie Polk playing at home against people that bowl 15 miles an hour or Pujara who scores at a strike rate of 50. It's a no-brainer. Pope averages 96 at home. More than that. Well, because you're saying that all the time and trying to chat him out, that's why I'm considering removing him because... It's probably now not going to happen, is it? They're playing at home. The average is 128. 200. It doesn't even matter. No one gets him out at the Oval. They'll be playing left-handed by T. I haven't even looked at the weather yet. So that's the one consideration I've got for this week before this goes on for another five minutes. Um, That's the one on the list. Howard, have you got anyone? Yeah, I think I'm doing two. Um, So my... uh, this. This one is quite controversial. The code has to go, I think. Mm. Uh, and I think I'm going to be the first of the badges to delve into the Simon Harmer market. Ooh. Oh, you bugger. Might have gone, that arouses me. Might be going a little bit early, uh, but he's, he's gone down in value, down to 110 now. I think he started about 120, so I can, I can afford him, which is a start. And uh, he's someone you're going to have to have at some point in the summer anyway. So I was thinking, bring him in now. He's an essential pick at some point. Can I try and talk you out of it? Hear me out. Please do. Warwickshire don't have a spinner of note. Danny Briggs aside, uh, who played in the last game. The last home game Warwickshire played, they didn't play a spinner. And it was against Surrey and it nibbled everywhere. I wonder if you might be going a week too soon. Oh, this is the genuine insight the fans are looking for. Fair point. I'll take it on board. And ignore it. Here's a good point. I, I, well, I could bring him in and bench him. But if it seems, it spins. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. No, it's a valid point. And the other one, I think we're going to bring young George Balderson in at Lancashire as an all-rounder. Uh if, I don't know how long Jennings is out for, but it sounded like quite a serious one. It was a muscle tear, wasn't it? So I'm banking on it being a few weeks at least. And if Alderson is going to open the batting and bowl a few useful overs, then I think yeah. there's some value to be had at 43,000 for him there. Ooh, and he will come in for the most selected player in the game, Rian Ahmed. Oh, you've checked him early, yours. Well, he's about to entertain Steve Smith and Pujara, and if he has any more than 10 overs, he's going to lose more than 100 points with those leggies, so I can't take that risk. Not at Pujara's strike rate of 50. Did you see Pujara's strike rate this week? If it it wasn't 80, I think it was in the high 70s. He wasn't messing around, old Cheteshwar, this week. And actually, Ahmed will only bowl once, won't he? Because Sussex are going to score seven hundred. I mean, that's that's the best case scenario. He only bowls once. I think. Yeah, I suppose in that point of view, he's definitely about twice. Um, Hugh, what about yourself? A cabinet reshuffle, trying to avoid uh, substitutes um, because there's a full complement of fixtures. So um, Zach Chapels or Zach Chappell is going to have a rest as Bryden Cast comes back in. Durham have uh, Yorkshire at the Riverside. 
Um, and the batting lineup of Masood, Milan, Live, Bersto means that Cast doesn't automatically take the armband back. Mm. Um, I think I'm thinking tactically, even though he's had a quite few weeks. Ben Sanderson at Northants might get the armband for the visit of. Uh, sorry, I thought they had Middlesex. No, that is a terrible decision. Sorry. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> ben Sanderson will not be having the armband. Uh, sorry, he, might even, he might even get left out for Zach Chapel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Northants had Middlesex. And that is the insight that our listeners... And that, and that is the fox of the week. Uh, Ollie Robinson <laughs> comes back in for Mikey Pepper. Um Wayne Madsen might continue to hold the armband against a uh, journeyman Gloucestershire attack. Maybe Marn, maybe Marn, maybe, maybe, maybe Marn. Oh, yeah, you've got to go Marn there. Home to Worcester. Yeah, I think Joe Leach's 65-mile-an-hour wobblers might might be about right for Marn. That said, Josh, Josh Tom got his compatriot Steve Smith out last week, so who knows? Yeah, very good. Well, very good. I think we'll call it a day there. That's a very that heavy episode, actually. So thank you all for sticking with us. Um, no, very good. Um, and I think just we'll go through the league table of our thing. Rain stop play, I'm in first. Call <laughs> um, <laughs> the episode over. Unbelievable. And we'll call it that. No, and Lampope and Glory second. The Good Live in third. And Who Just Nater in fourth. So, um, yeah, we'll now leave it there. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, this is a Unspun Cricket production. And we will see you again next week. Thank you.